Hey, hey, Colin here. We just launched our Patreon, so if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Colin Stucker. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash C-O-L-I-N-S-T-U-C-K-E-R-T. We will have exclusive updates coming. It will also give us more opportunities to invest more in the show and release more shows. Some other bonuses with the different tiers. Check it out over at patreon.com, and thank you for your support. Another way that you can support the show is you can head over to Wild Foods and use code AMPODCAST12 for 12% off your entire order of real food, superfood, supplements, and ingredients. These are products that I've been using myself in my daily life for years. I recommend checking out our fish oil and our collagen. And also make sure you check out the Cocotropic. It's one of my favorite products. Cocoa, mushrooms, delicious. Head over to wildfoods.co and use AMPODCAST12 for 12% off your entire order. These screens and these devices that we can hide behind, not only have they stifled constructive debate and discussion, but it's made people misconstrue in their mind reality. Martial arts training, none. Take everything you've learned, throw it away. Okay. Take away all your physical training. Okay. You walk into a room full of people. How do you feel psychologically? A little insecure. Insecure. Yeah. Insecure. This might seem like an interesting topic, but I just thought it was important to highlight something in this video that's applicable to 2020. We can create any identity we want through the protection of our screen. It lets the worst parts of human nature run rampant. That's why you have cancel culture. That's why you have people that do and say racist things. And then why you have people that accuse people of being racist even when they're not and take things out of context. It's why you have fake news. It's why you have sensationalist headline, fear-mongering propaganda BS fueled by big pharma, big food, perpetuated by big tech and all the things that are going on that most people should be a little bit aware of at this point. But I'm not so sure because I don't interact with the average Americans. I don't really know what they're aware of. Violence is something that is part of nature. It's part of other animals in the animal kingdom. A lot of other things eat other things. It's a violent act to get eaten alive. (laughs) Humans have been killing each other for hundreds of thousands of years. And we still do to this day. The thing about violence in the hunter-gatherer context is it was the ultimate arbiter of maintaining the status quo. It kept people in check. It destroyed bad ideas if they were a threat to the group's survival. Today, through the protection of the internet, and even by hiding in certain things that are considered okay, like joining the SJW mob or the outrage mob, and just hiding within the sea of outrage as just another person perpetuating some narrative that have enough people to protect it and enough corporations and people cowering in fear that they might be the target of it. You have the removal of violence, and you have the perpetuation of this kind of behavior as a result. I'm not condoning violence. In our modern world, there are times when you need violence, though. If somebody threatens me and my family to where I am attacked, you better believe I'm channeling violence. As much is needed or even an over amount of violence, if I feel that life, liberty, or limb, or family is at risk. If you feel threatened, if your life feels threatened, there are laws in place. I don't recommend testing those laws because you never know what a jury is going to say. I mean, nowadays, juries and judges, it's all political. People think political. They think what the computer tells them to think. Whatever's 
okay. Whatever the mob tells you is okay, that's the way people think. And if it's not okay, that's what people condemn. Even if there's laws in place that say it's okay, even if common sense says it's okay, if the mob says it's not okay, then potentially you could run the risk. So um, again, I'm not suggesting any of this, but if you feel threatened, you can defend yourself with deadly force. You have to feel obviously that your life is threatened. If somebody kicks you in the shin and you shoot them in the head, like probably going to have a hard time defending that in a, in a court and you're probably going to have get into trouble for that, right? Like we're smart enough to be able to use our common sense. And if you own a firearm, for example, or a knife or anything like that, and you have deadly force, you need to be very well trained in how to use it, but also how to think about when to use it, if to use it. And you should always default to not using it. Now, that being said, let's just talk about physical violence. Punching, kicking, not generally something that's going to be life-threatening, but it can happen. People do get punched and get knocked out and fall and crack their head and die. Like this stuff happens. It's not really something you want to be involved in. You don't want to be in the middle of it. You don't want to get into a road rage fight and then basically say, well, the guy punched me first and then I defend myself. And then you got to go through that whole mess because you could literally end up being found guilty of who knows a number of things. Maybe you aren't found guilty for actual manslaughter or murder or whatever, or homicide or whatever the accidental was. I think it's manslaughter. But maybe you are charged for a felony for reckless endangerment or you you hopped out of your car and you're speeding fast and it led to this. Like there's a lot of things to which if you accelerate aggression, you can definitely be charged with crimes. Back to the point here. So he's talking about being insecure in a group if you don't have training. Now let's go to this next one he's talking about. And this is just to highlight how violence, one, exists. It's a very real thing. And I think the internet and our perceived safety from laws and law enforcement leads people into false sense of security to which they think they can say anything because nobody's going to attack you, right? Because there's laws and there's police and whatever. But when it's you and someone else and you're in some area where there's probably not police around or whatever, things can happen instantly to which no cop, no pedestrian, no person is going to protect you. And it might be too late to protect you anyways. I believe it's like some absurd number, like 90% of 911 calls, you know, asking for police or protection show up too late. I mean, they literally show up after something happens. And if you think about how these type of things happen, they usually happen very quickly, uh, sometimes without a moment's notice. They're not lasting for hours on end or 30 minutes waiting for the cops to show up or whatever. Well, I think that would stop a lot of bullying. And I've said this before, yeah. but I think it's counterintuitive to people. They think that bullying is a mean person. And if you taught them how to fight, they become meaner. Mm. But that's, I don't think that's the case. I think bullies are insecure. Yes. Yeah, I think if you took away that and they got to really establish through training that they have character and that they're worth something and they don't have to be insecure and they, they build up this confidence, you wouldn't see them going out and, and picking on people. I've had so many parents tell me, I don't recognize my son when he's with you. He's so disciplined. He's so kind. He's soft-spoken. Mm. He's like at home, he's an animal. He's a, he's a, like he, he acts up. He's, yeah. I'm like, really? Well, here, if he did that. This point about bullying is, it's a little bit too simplistic. I don't believe that bullying is just about insecurity. I actually believe that we have an innate desire to make everyone equal. This is a result of our fiercely egalitarian hunter-gatherer past. All right. So if you went above or try to be a big man or have an ego, you would be shamed criticized, condemned, maybe even clubbed or beaten or exiled potentially because higher level status would be somebody that would hoard resources that would put the group's survival at threat. Therefore, people would do things to bring you down. And usually shame and ridicule and comedy and making fun of people, those are very powerful motivators for this very reason. Now, what about on the bottom side? Like for people that are not pulling their weight or they have those certain tendencies that maybe they're different or in fact, different's a big one. If you actually think about being different, the fact that humans are naturally tribalistic and that we want that fiercely egalitarian, which means just literally equals, equals possible. Meaning we don't want anyone above and we don't want anyone below. 
So when somebody's different, doesn't think the same, shows certain traits that stand out from the crowd or from what's established as normal, they are attacked, ridiculed, condemned. Obviously in our world today, we have this society and certain things in place and certain protections where we can actually let our individuality flourish. Back then though, in hunter-gatherer times, you weren't really an individual. That was kind of counterintuitive to letting the group survive or allowing the group to survive. That was pretty much counterintuitive to group survival. So you wanted as a homogenous, equal, steady, toe the line group as possible. So bullying, I believe, is actually a result to bring humans to the same level. Obviously, bullying channels some of the ugly parts of human nature. You know, that, that feeling of having control over someone. These are things that when left unchecked, can run rampant. Humans, if you think about it, are like any other creature in nature. They're trying to maintain homeostasis and trying to survive in this environment. Violence, shame, ridicule, and or the threat of violence. And a lot of what he's talking about in this video is the threat of violence. It's not even violence itself. It's the threat of violence. We're all mechanisms to keep things like this. And a guy punched the back of my seat. I swear to God. I leaned back. He had a laptop on his uh, tray. Yeah. When I leaned back, it crushes the laptop. Like, I don't know. The guy has a laptop. I'm allowed right. to lean my seat back. I leaned back. The guy pushes like he, he he palmed it hard like boom and i was like excuse me sir there's a problem he's like don't lean your chair back i'm like whoa i'm like this is a guy who's never gotten a beating in his life the way he talked to me was so rude i was like dude man. Like, i would never talk like that to somebody never why because you learn through martial arts you know like respect everyone man respect is huge one day you're the the hunted one the other day you're the hunter and it's just like the, the way life works you know like have respect why should like this guy's instigating a fight now we know what violence is it could, it could, it could be really bad for one of us here like, why would you want to go there? Just Over say, a laptop movie? Yeah, you just say, I would have been like, sorry, sir, my fault, my apologies. I, had, I would have bought the guy, I would have bought him whatever he wants. Like, I would have took care of it. Like, I would have been nice to him about it because we know the realities of violence. Like, some people don't know the realities of violence. Like, I've yeah. seen people, like, on video, they, like, they're in a certain situation and they act all crazy. Hey, this might spark some violent event here. Yeah. Like, you don't want this. You don't know what violence is. You've seen it on TV, you've seen it in a movie. You think what. This is also what you're saying a lot with the 2020 protesting. People go into these things thinking they have this reign because they might have some kind of narrative support, media support, corporate support for things like BLM and things like that. And then so they further perpetuate this craziness, like throwing things at cops, attacking them, maybe even bringing guns and weapons to these protests. And it just leads to really dumb things. I mean, you hear the quote all the time, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But I don't think people quite realize how stupid of a game it is and how stupid and tough the prizes are. And this is also what he's talking about, the reality of violence. People don't understand the reality of violence. Most people have never experienced it. It's like Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until he's punched in the face. So the reality of violence here and what he's highlighting is a bigger concept applying to all of society right now. These screens and these devices that we can hide behind, not only have they stifled constructive debate and discussion, and they've turned it into just more tribalistic warfare of attacking each side. We've lost the nuance of understanding and compassion and empathy. And we've become more divided and more divisive and therefore more aggressive towards either side and to ideas that don't match with ours. But it's made people misconstrue in their mind reality. And violence, if you do or say the wrong thing to someone else when you're in front of them, is a very real thing that's not going to go anywhere. You can build the safest, most totalitarian society the world has ever seen. And there are certain things that if you do, you will get punched in the mouth or kicked in the head or maybe even potentially shot if it was the wrong person. Let's see how he kind of wrapped this up. Like sometimes I see people starting a fight. I'm like, this person has no idea what they're talking about. Like they've never been in a fight. They're instigating a fight. A fight might occur and they might regret it. Like they don't know what it is to be hit, to be attacked, to be, to be in a fight. So like, like jaw dropping when somebody's going to instigate a fight over something so small. 
and they don't even know how to find, which you is know, what's even I, crazier. I told that guy off so bad. Did you? Oh, because you know, I, I told him off so bad. I scared the hell out of him. And I was like, yo, what are you going to do now? And he was like, he turned white. I'm like, dude, like I could have been an old lady here. Yeah. You could have hit an old lady. She's pulling her chair back. I told him off. Like, we're in an airplane too. So I told him off. Like, I didn't yell or anything, but I told him off. I told him he's real, you know. I told him what I think of him. That guy shut his mouth. But it's like, dude, you want to fight over this laptop? Like, seriously. Like, that's, no one can possibly know that you have a laptop open. No, but if I'm telling you, that's, it's so, it's so true. And I don't really know if there's anything actionable here. But I think understanding violence, I think understanding our evolutionary past, understanding what, what happens when you remove violence, that's actually a really important point. When you remove violence from the equation, you get really bad behavior. Hunter-gatherers were kept in check by other humans, okay? Humans are social creatures. We know this. If you put a human alone in some kind of situation where he or she can just gobble up resources and do whatever he or she wants, it's going to lead to bad behavior. Because there's no checks and balance. This is what government was supposed to be founded on. The founding fathers were like, yeah, we need to check and balance this because we know that power corrupts. And we know that absolute power absolutely corrupts. So we need to have other people that have other incentives that work together or even kind of antagonistically to kind of balance out opposing forces. As we see, all government has become is a big boys and girls club where they just protect their own first, they protect their power first, and then they exert their control and their power and their rules and laws and regulations and whatever onto society. Now, the fact that Americans can bear arms is probably the only reason that America hasn't been having the crazy things in 2020 as much as you see in places like Australia, who had, I believe, their gun rights taken away about 10 years ago. And you see the police running around like literally stormtroopers doing insane things, arresting old ladies in the park because they're not wearing a mask or some other nonsense, arresting a surfer, not wearing a mask or not respecting social distancing or quarantine laws or whatever. It's just unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. This idea of violence really applies to a lot of facets of human life. Bear arms, violence, help keep the government in check or at least be a major motivator to prevent government from becoming too powerful, even though I think eventually there's going to be things that a nine millimeter just isn't going to protect you from like AIs and drones that can drop little little turrets on the bottom. And like, there's just so many things that the average person is not going to be able to protect themselves against. And it's why, you know, the future of any established world order or major superpower is very, very scary for the future of humanity. Because these things, as you've seen, power always has to get more power. It always has to protect its own power. So keep that in mind. Respect the threat of violence. Understand where it comes from. Understand what the internet does when you remove violence or what any situation does when you remove violence or you remove other humans to keep you or other people in check. The internet by default is something that separates us because it quite literally separates the physicality of being in front of somebody. I'm literally talking to a camera. There's nobody in this room. I can say anything I want and I can put it on the internet. And people can comment and do things like maybe try to report or whatever, but they can't stop me from saying this and they can't influence my ideas and they can't challenge my ideas. Maybe my ideas are terrible. They can't challenge them. And it leads to bad behavior. It leads to bad ideas. It lets sociopathic, psychopathic tendencies flourish. And it really just warps the human mind. It's why I now believe the internet is the greatest existential threat to humanity. So let me know what you think about this video and violence in general and our ancestral past. What are some examples in your life maybe or kind of ideas that this pops up for you? Like, think about that. Let me know. Drop it in the comment below. Subscribe for more videos. I'm putting out basically a video a day at this point, and I'll see you in the next one.
Please always remember that the members of the Ancestral Mind podcast are not, in fact, medical professionals. They're not doctors. They're not nutritionists. They are simply providing this entertainment for you to do your own research and to entertain yourselves. So please consult a physician before changing your diet. Not everything works for everybody. And make sure you always do your own research on everything you hear on this show and outside. Hey, everybody, Colin here. Thanks for listening to that show. I want to let you know about my newest podcast over at Escaping Fragility, a show about building a life for yourself, being safe, being secure, having a plan B, so that if this crazy world of 2020 continues or gets worse, which a lot of the numbers are suggesting it will, then you and your family will be protected. A lot of my content for my personal brand has been focused on giving people the knowledge, the expertise, the skills, and just the awareness of some of the craziness that's going on so that they can protect themselves, so that they can fight back, so that they can be civilly disobedient, so that we can stymie the ever encroaching spread of government and of corporate and political agenda. If more citizens do not stand up, fight back, speak up, there's going to be nothing left to protect. And I don't like fear mongering and I'm generally optimistic person, but 2020 has stressed me out. At first it didn't, but then it did. When I really saw what was going on, when I read a little bit between the lines, and even now, the craziness is continuing, and I don't see it letting up anytime soon. The masses are too easily manipulated. And so I'm more concerned what's going to happen in 2021, when the next flu season comes through, and another coronavirus is weaponized, and then who knows what's going to happen. Travel restrictions, mandatory vaccines, chipped and prodded like cattle. People think it can't happen. They stick their head down. But they did in Mao's China. They did in Stalin's Russia. They did in Nazi Germany. And then it was too late. And who pays the price? It's always, always, always the citizens that are having faith and that are just hoping things get better. They're the ones that always pay the price. So the first thing we can do is protect ourselves and our family, have our plan B, have an escape option, and then we can help others. Head over to Colin.Coach, get on the AM5 newsletter. You'll get all the shows every week. And you can also find me on YouTube and iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. Get prepared before it's too late.